Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me, or why are you looking so smug with yourself? No, I'm not. I was, just, I was about to start the intro myself. <laughs> I was going to call you Sugar Stu O'Whiffin, uh, but uh, there you go. Go on. Uh, oh, I'm Blake well. Harrison. This is the MMA Fan <laughs> Podcast. Professional well, you, as ever. Here we go. I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit excited to talk about uh, Saturday night because... Well, am I right in saying before we go? I mean, I thought the smugness was. Did you say that you thought Sugar might knock him out? No, I think everyone realised that there was that potential because I think I, I mentioned on the podcast that Aljo does not do well when he's got people coming at him with the strikes. He sometimes does sort of like almost like turn away a little bit. I saw that in the petty arm fight, but I don't think. I said, oh, Sugar's got... I expected Sterling to win because I thought, again, I didn't watch the, the Yarn fight. I thought I saw Yarn fight Sterling the second time and I also re-watched Yarn versus O'Malley. And the way Yarn took down O'Malley, I was just like, well, Sterling's going to just be able to take him down. Surely yeah. he's got to avoid the big punch, obviously. But... The uh, he couldn't, and as it so no, that's that's not the smugness at all. There's no, there is no smugness. I don't know why you're just <laughs> projecting smugness onto me, but there is right. no smugness. Well, look, um, uh, so I, I uh, it was my my daughter's 18th um, birthday party Saturday night. So, uh, so as as I've mentioned to you, I had a, a house full of um, pissed up eighteen year olds, which is quite testing uh, for a fifty year old guy. Um, there might be some people listening to this that are 18 and they're like, yeah, that sounds great. And we're like, no, oh, mate, mate they, they would have had the best <laughs> fucking time. Like, but uh, yeah, but old granddad with him was, 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 was stressing. But um, so, so Sunday morning, not the China, not the fine China. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Those are our fancy guest towels. Leave those alone. That is the sort of shit that's going through my head. <laughs> <laughs> clean up the sick, but not with the oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you oh, something that was quite funny, right? My daughter didn't want to have, because um, we had like disco lights bought in and, uh, and, and like a kind of uh, a sound system. And, and so it was all done off of my phone, right? Because she didn't want to have her phone connected to the, 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 her playlist connected to the phone because she wanted to be taking pictures of her phone and all that. So uh, she sent me this playlist and said, can you play it off of your phone? So I went, yeah, no worries. And so while I'm running around, because um, 
there's people like them just going upstairs. And I'm like, why is there people going upstairs? Like, that ain't happening. Uh, oh, well, there's no toilet roll downstairs. It's all gone. So at one point, we had to go and get more toilet roll. I'm just thinking, oh, what's going on? <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, do these kids not shit before they come out? And uh, but, but every time I'd go upstairs to like... I love that as a generation of difference. The kids these days, they don't take a shit before they go out to a party. They just do it there. Those crazy Gen Zs or whatever they are. Uh, yeah. Any 18-year-olds listening, just have a poo in the morning. Um, but, uh, but every time I had to like leave the room to go and sort something out, I had my phone in my pocket my Bluetooth wouldn't reach the speaker. So as I'd be trying to deal with one problem, someone would go, mate, mate, the music stopped. I was like, oh, shit. And I'd have to sort of go back into the room. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare, mate. Uh, you must have looked like a tall, blonde Mr. Bean, <laughs> just going back and forth. That's exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, a little angry Mr. Bean. I've got Bean. a bit toilet roll. Oh, the music's gone back in the kitchen. Oh, <laughs> What are you going upstairs? What's going on? Uh, yeah. Oh, madness, mate. Madness. Um, so my Sunday morning involved... Um, taking apart uh, a uh, huge gazebo uh, and tidying up my house uh, after, uh, yeah, after literally just having some kind of, it looked like sort of one of those sort of like fraternity films, like, you know, like American Pie or something like that. There was minus the red cups. It was just carnage. And uh, and so, yeah, I was sort of literally spent the day tidying uh, the, the, the house. And I did watch the, the, the World Cup final. Uh, and then got round to watching the UFC in the afternoon. What about you? Did you did you avoid spoilers? Uh, I did. I did completely. Oh, good man, good man. Well done. Yeah, no, I had I had not not quite the same, but like I had to avoid the spoilers as well because I was at a friend's wedding. Good mate of mine who I actually trained a bit of MMA with uh, every now and again. Uh, it was a lovely wedding, but it was like festival themed. I'm not really a festival guy, but it was like festival themed. But we took the kids and everything. Everyone had like a lovely time. It was really well done. They did a cracking job of it. It was really lovely. But we decided that we would camp, uh, which uh, just... Right, uh, I, I'm going to interject here, right? <laughs> you know I've got me camper van and I love a bit of outdoors living. You don't yeah, strike yeah, me yeah. as that guy. Nah, mate. Nah, mate. I, I don't stay anywhere that's less than six stars. You know I me. Mean? Uh, if you're going to leave Harrison Towers, mate, it's got oh, to be mate. special, isn't it? Not a tent. It's it's got to have a spa attached to it at least. Um, so yeah, so we're in this uh, this like bell tenty whatever thing, and um, yeah, it was just. And the, the thing is, it was it was fine, but we were in with the kids, and it was just so many drunk people like making noise there was one moment where like we're all trying to sleep probably a bit earlier than everyone else because obviously we had the kids but she's like walking past our tent drunk being like why have you called me now i ordered my cab for midnight it's 25 2 and you're calling me now and all this comes like having a go at the cab driver because the cab driver was just like i want to make sure i get to you on time and i'm a bit lost because you're in this random field so i'm trying to actually be good at my job and make sure i get to you and she's just having a go at him for like calling her at that point and then there was some other people that were like trying to put this bloke to bed they were like you're too drunk he's like no i'm not i'm just having a good time <laughs> it's like no you need to go to bed no i've upset anyone I've like well you kind of have but let's just go to what bed. someone should have said to him um, was mate jump in an Uber head round to my mate Stu's ass it's going right off right now <laughs> take some toilet roll though <laughs> take some toilet roll 
but yeah, no. So it was like, it, so basically, what it was was that we uh, someone actually tried to open our tent at one point. This like we heard some people outside. Then our tent got. It was like one of those double zip tent. The first zip got opened, and then we heard them go, "Oh, is this actually the right tent?" And then someone else went, "I don't think so." And then some girl popped out of the tent next to ours and was like, "Oh, there you are!" And she was like, "Oh yeah, you've got my phone and all this stuff," but she didn't. Zip the tent back Rude. down. So then my, I know. And so then my wife had to get up, but it's like 3 a.m. Get up, zip the tent back down. And she just turned to me and just went, Camping is not for me. <laughs> but you know, and like, no, there's no humor in her voice at all. There was no humor in her tone. She was deadly serious. And I was just there, like, I was like, Yeah, I feel you, babe. This is, this is, we're not doing this again. Next time, I'll just be on the Coke Zeros and I will drive us home. But, uh, but we had a lovely day. It was a really lovely wedding, but it was just the camping situation afterwards. We were like, oh, so then we were shattered, drove home the next morning. Uh, and I think whilst the World Cup was on, we had that on an iPad. And then we were, uh, I was watching the, uh, I, I got the trump card because I'm quote unquote working yeah. by watching the UFC. So the World Cup was on like an iPad and I got to watch the the fights on the big screen. And I was spoiler free. Lovely. I steered clear <clears throat> of all the spoilers. So that's the uh, that was the main thing. So uh, yeah, shall we delve into what became and what may be for the next foreseeable, however many years? Who knows? The Sugar Show. Yes, it has finally arrived. Your best friend, the quote-unquote melt, has. Uh, <laughs> you've just called so many people melts. They're all going to become incredibly successful now. How many melts can become? How many of Stu's well, melts if can we become see, champions? If, if we do see. Uh, Kobe fight Leon, and he gets the win. His name's Colby. There's uh, an L in Colby. there. But yeah, it shows how shows how disrespectful you are to Kobe. It's not, it's not his name, yeah. Mel. Uh, <laughs> Kobe beef. Yeah. If he beats Leon, then maybe it's going to be like the old um, what do they call it? The 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 the, the thingy handshake from uh, the Bake Off. Like uh, if you get the. Uh, Oh, right. the yes. Yeah. If Stu calls you a melt on the podcast, you will become a champion there you go. one People day. People are going to want that. People are going to want that. That's it. That's it. It's going to be a huge I mean, moment for people when they're being called a melt by Stu, some old man in <laughs> Essex. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, as you mentioned when I asked about the smugness earlier, I, I think we all thought Aljo was going to, you know, wrestle him and and and, and grind him yeah. down. And obviously, we knew that with with O'Malley's power, that there was always an opportunity for him to uh, yeah. to, to 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 finish him. And boy, oh boy! I mean, I think the first round, not a lot happened. I thought it was quite a boring first no. round. Um, they were yeah, very easy. yeah, very much like not even that much thrown. I think everybody they were trying to sort of work out their their range and stuff and and suss each other out a little bit. O'Malley's footwork. Was was really clever. He was he was moving so well that I think Aljo was struggling to kind of get to him. He said that in the post fight presser. Aljo said, "Is I brought people in to kind of mirror some movement stuff, but his footwork was even better than I realised. It was really hard to track him yeah, down." Yeah, it, 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 I think that was probably what what made that first round um, pretty pretty uninteresting. But fucking hell, second round. I mean, as as far as you know, that shot goes. It, it was perfect, wasn't it? I know lots of people have, have, have yeah. lined it up next to the Aldo McGregor shot, and and it obviously yeah. very yeah, similar. Aldo's obviously come in and and 
and and and committed and O'Malley's just oh the the, the canter right was just beautiful and it was. It almost looked like he face planted yeah. him, didn't he? Again, a bit like the Aljo. Not not as bad because obviously Aljo was still with it, and uh, yeah. But it, it was great, and I think even Sean O'Malley said in the post fight presser that um, that he'd been watching that McGregor Aldo finish a lot and sort of practicing that, and he kind of referenced how you know punching going backwards is not easy. Not a lot of people can do it well, but he's someone that can do it very very well, and. Uh, and he proved it, yeah. It was phenomenal because, because I mean, and it's just it shows you just how much it's like a game of inches or millimeters at times because you see it breaking down in slow motion. And Sterling is not far off with that. I think it was like a long jab that he threw or something or cross it, but it was really like not far off. Sugar just kind of leans; he's just like an inch away from his face, and then he uncorks that right hand, and it was just lethal. And then it goes to the ground and pound and stuff as well. Um, there were some people, Marab Divalishvili, obviously being a good teammate, that said it was an early yeah, stoppage. Yeah, he, he, do you? He, no, think not at it all. Was early? Um, he, no, neither he, do I. I want you to talk on that. I've just got to charge he was, this. He was, <laughs> um, he was gunning for uh, Goddard. I see that. Um, what Mirab put, and I thought that was um, a bit unfair. I mean, if you watch it, I mean, obviously, so many of us have watched it back many times. When you watch that face plant. You know, and how good that right hand was. Um, I would have been interested to see had he not swarmed him, like what sort of state Aljo would have been in, um, because it was a peach perfect shot. You know, it's absolutely it was an absolute peach. And I think the grand and panned. I, I guess Aljo was 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 flailing around a little bit, trying to kind of get his bearings and 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 and. But what what more? you know, should a referee wait for at that point? Like, you know, I think he's just been face planted and he's now just probably took another six or seven strikes to the head. Um, and two big of them, ones. I think when he one stood or two back of them looked really threw, flush. Was, yeah. He looked really flush. I mean, I don't think it was going to get any better. I think he saved him a bit extra brain damage. I mean, when you're looking at... Um, uh, these kind of high level, this is a title fight, all yeah. that kind of stuff, then I can sort of understand the anguish of the defeated fighter going, that was my opportunity, or you've just, you know, that was my belt, all these kind of things. But first and foremost, the referee has got to look after Absolutely. your safety. That is paramount. And yeah, I just, I just, I don't, I don't envisage a world in which Aljo survives that and is all right, really. I, I, I think it was just delaying the inevitable because I think Sugar was just, as I say, raining down. Some of them were flush, big blows, uh, almost, yeah, punching down into a grounded opponent. I mean, yeah, I, I, I haven't got any problem with the stoppage at all. Um, I loved the aftermath of it. It was very... It, it was very Sugar Sean. It was like equally expectant of the victory, but equally kind of being, I think, mindful. And um, I don't know, I think it shows a level of kind of intelligence with, with Sean O'Malley, where he was like, he was really taking it in. He was really, really taking in the moment. You see him shut his eyes. Take, it wasn't an outpouring of emotion like we've seen with some other fighters. He wasn't 
sprinting around the cage like you got with with Charles Oliveira uh, uh, a couple of years back, and it wasn't like Leon Edwards in tears or anything like that. It was an acceptance of like, yes, this is where I was supposed to be, but also this is such a big moment and I'm aware this is a big moment. I'm really going to take in all of it and just center myself and kind of really take this in. I mean, the fact that he kind of like walked outside, grabbed a beer off the Nelk boys, just had a few sips of that. And then like went back into the cage, as I say, just shut his eyes and let Dana put the uh, belt around him and all that stuff and just take it. It just very composed, very composed, but, but very aware of the gravitas of the moment. And I, I really loved that. And I think sometimes we can get distracted by the face tattoos and the colorful hair and all those things. And, you know, the obsessions with like the Lamborghinis and it's just never been my thing, all that kind of yeah, flashing but- your cash and all that stuff. But that's him. But what I, I think we can get distracted by that. But I think underneath it all is a guy that's very clever and very self-aware as well, and I, and I think we've got something interesting. He's, in he's definitely self-aware forward. because look at the superstar he's become. You know, the, yeah. I, I think maybe he fast-tracked to that title shot, and 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 that's because it's the yep. Sugar Show, and it is because of you know the the hair, the tattoos, the whole look, the marketing that he's you know Harry markets himself, and and he's he's got that <laughs> shot, and whether he deserved it or not, it doesn't matter. He's just beat the champ, and he's now the champ, and. And I was, it, I thought it was quite interesting that the first fighter he called out. Obviously, he said, "Did Cheeto win tonight?" And uh, yeah. and then uh, to hear, was it boring? And uh, it probably was. Probably and he weren't far <laughs> off the money. It wasn't the most exciting fight, I didn't think. No, uh, we'll get on yeah. to that. <clears throat> but yeah, I guess he wants to have that fight. Um, well, he wants it in December. Cheeto has put out uh, some tweets with like loads of bags of money and also uh, I think saying something about looking forward to fighting for the belt soon or or something like that. You don't know how official that is, but it looks like if O'Malley wants it for December, then why would you not do that? I mean, it seems like what you were saying earlier about like has his run to the belt been made a little bit easier? I think maybe it has, you know, outside of, Petian and now obviously Aljamain Sterling, everyone he had fought previously, I think is no longer even in the UFC. It's not like they're out of the rankings or they're not in the UFC anymore. Most of the, but pretty much everyone he's fought, I think. So Jan obviously has been on a terrible run recently, but I don't think that takes anything away. I think Jan's still a phenomenal fighter. And then this Aljo fight, I mean, yeah, he, he caught him with a big, big, big shot, but the UFC, I think knew what they had. They knew they had a star in the making. So they did make his run a bit easier, but he's still got to do it. He's still got to beat Jan, who at the time was like the number one or number two guy in the world and had beaten, you know, the best of the best up, up until uh, uh, that point, I guess. Um, And then he fights Aljo, who's the champ that yes, when you break down Aljo's record, you can find little holes in it and go, but TJ was injured and, but this and, but that. But um, I think, Ultimately, he's beaten the champion. Some people saying this guy is the greatest bantamweight of all time in Aljamain Sterling. So the UFC know what they're doing. They released, which is something they don't do very often, um, his finish on YouTube, I believe, really, really quickly. And I think the UFC kind of promotional 
uh, train, as it were, has really left the station now. And, um, you know, they're putting out his stuff on YouTube. They're probably going to try and push him as an individual. Maybe they try and get him on some talk shows and all that kind of stuff. You don't get many champions doing like the American kind of talk show circuit. Ronda did it a while ago. Connor obviously does it. Other than that. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I can't, I don't know if Izzy has, has done stuff like that. I'm not sure, but it's not, it doesn't happen very often. And I wouldn't be surprised if Sean O'Malley ends up doing things where they're trying to push him to be a bit more of a crossover star. I don't think he's there yet. I think some people are being a bit premature and some people I've listened to are speaking about Sean O'Malley as like, oh, he's the biggest thing since Connor. He might become that, but I still think he's got a little way to go before. I don't see him as bigger than Israel Adesanya at the moment. Do you? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, But in terms of his fame, I'm not talking about like, what he's achieved in the octagon. I'm I, talking about his I, his accessibility to a ridiculously right, that, wide fan base. Obviously, Connor's the top. Then I think you've got Ronda. I still don't think she's been beat. Maybe Brock Lesnar's actually in there as well because of the whole WWE I, stuff. I, I, I think. That, um, but other than that, I think you've got Izzy, and then maybe Sugar is there at the moment under I, Izzy, I th- and but he could surpass a, a couple. I, I of think them. as a as, as a casual fan, you're going to be drawn to. Uh, Sean O'Malley, just because of how he looks, you know, and, you know, and, and, his, and fight his fight style. style, he knocks people out. Uh, and so I, I think that's yep. where the interest lies in him. Um, 
Yeah, I, I, I think he he's got you know he, he if he's not big enough already, then he he he's going to be in the next you know the next year or so. He's I, I, he's got definitely he's on the path to to becoming you know the biggest star in the UFC. Mm. I tell you one thing that has already really concerned me about it though. Bantamweight is one of the best, if not the best division in the UFC. It's up there with the lightweights, and I think featherweight's underrated. And but bantamweight is an absolutely killer division with multiple people that could be very legitimate title contenders. You know, Marab, Umar Nurmagomedov in a bit. You got Henry Cejudo knocking about still. Whatever you think of him, Corey Sandhagen. Like, there's plenty of people that you could say are worthy of a title shot. Sean O'Malley has already dropped the name Javonte Davis in a boxing match, and he's only just won the belt. That concerns me because it makes me think, are we going to end up, say, O'Malley versus Cheeto in December? And if he wins that fight, is he then just hunting for Javonte Davis in a boxing match? And we have a situation where all these fantastic contenders are just sort of twiddling their thumbs a bit because... Or there's interim titles being thrown out there when O'Malley could fight, but he's chasing the big payday against the likes of Javante Davis. I just, I'm not a fan of it. I hate that. You're an MMA fighter. I know the big bag is in boxing and all that stuff, but I I don't want a division like Bantamweight when it's this stacked to be held up and for fighters that should be fighting for a belt going the way of, for example, a Tony Ferguson putting together huge win streaks being someone that should easily fight for a belt. We talk about, oh, O'Malley versus Sandhager or O'Malley versus Umar or something like that for ages. And it just never happens for the belt because O'Malley's dragging his heels because he wants to fight a boxing fight and he doesn't fight for a year or something because he's chasing that. That would really disappoint me. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Um, It's quite early on to to be having them kind of uh, question, you know, them kind of shout outs. I'm not, I'm not, interested in it um i'd be interested to know uh what the ufc make of 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 stuff like that um i mean i understand why he wants to fight cheeto uh that makes sense you know i don't know if cheeto deserves that shot right now um but i think people he doesn't but again it makes business sense yeah I, I, i think straight away sugar will think i think i probably fare better against cheeto than losing to Corey Sandhagen because he, I, I don't see him beating Corey Sandhagen. I, I, I think Sandhagen way too well rounded and uh, um, and has got that yep. range as well. Uh, and yeah, I, I I don't think that's a fight that O'Malley's going to be rushing for. Um, I think the Cheeto fight on what we saw from Cheeto on Saturday, um, I don't think I didn't think he looked beatable, but I didn't think he looked exciting or that dangerous. Um, uh, no. But that said, I guess, you know, we saw with the last uh, Sandhagen fight, it wasn't that exciting. And maybe that's not done himself any favours in getting the, the title shot. No. But, but on that note, if I can just interject with regards to Sandhagen, something really great happened at the press conference that I saw, and that was Dana White referencing Sandhagen. And he said that Sandhagen has been texting him and calling him quite often since the uh, the fight against Rob Font, which was boring, apologising for the performance. And apparently Dana White's response, he said, has been, mate, don't worry about it. It doesn't take away from, you know, your other exciting fights will get you something soon where you'll be, you know, you can put that fight kind of out of your mind. You're injured. I get it. 
don't worry about it. So that was a good thing. That makes me think better things for Corey Sandhagen. But with the way this division could play out with O'Malley, you don't know. Everyone feels like it could take a little bit longer to get a title shot, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But anyway, sorry, I chat to interject yeah. and talk about that no. Sandhagen thing because we've come out of this going, Dana's really annoyed with Sandhagen. But according to the press conference yesterday, he's quite oh, understanding of the that's, whole that's thing. That's really good to know. Um, uh, that, that's a fight I'd like to see, O'Malley Sandhagen. Um, that interests me way more than the oh, rematch yeah. with Cheeto. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. Okay, um, well, look, should we move on or do you want to talk about what potentially could be next for Sterling? Well, I think we should touch on it because he was talking about going up to 145. Then in the cage, he said, oh, well, if O'Malley's done that to me, what would Volk do to me? And I think that's probably what true. A, what a, I what think a, br- Sterling what a brutally honest him- and brilliant thing to say. Like, to be that open. Yeah, but I think it might not be the best thing that he said emotionally. Like, in terms of, like, I don't know. I Will he regret saying that if an opportunity to fight someone in the top five at featherweight comes along? And then he's got to go, oh, yeah, I'm ready for Volk. Give me Volk. And everyone's like, hang on a minute. Only a few months ago, you said Volk's mm. going to smash you. So I just don't know. I think it's very honest. I, like I that appreciate it. <clears throat> I also can see, yeah, I, I sort of do too, but I kind of feel like also it can be used against you. So it's a tricky game to, to, to get right. Um, but yeah, but now he's saying he doesn't know. He'd like the idea of having a rematch with O'Malley, but then he did say he was going to leave Bantamweight to Marab. I mean, Marab, you know, we've not mentioned Marab in the, in the mix for O'Malley. I mean, I... O'Malley's not mentioned that, his it? name, is like, he? And well, it's, I think there's a reason why. And I, don't get me wrong, I, th- I, think, I think Sandhagen is maybe a harder fight than Marab, because I think Marab is either going to be just right up in his face and get the wrestling exchanges and the clinch exchanges going and everything, but then I think Marab is such a worse striker than O'Malley that O'Malley can do what he did to Sterling and just time mm. something and knock him out. I think that's very possible. Sandhagen, I think, is elite level on the feet and he's shown recently that he's really well-rounded in terms of his wrestling as well. And I think that variety, that variation must be really difficult. If, if you know the guy's trying to take you down, you could try and time the strike or the knee, the uppercut, whatever it is. That's what Marab would be about. Okay. If, you, if you're against someone that can put your lights out with a flying knee, a spinning heel kick, or just take you down and put big pressure on you, that, that's, that's much harder. So, so yeah, but, but interesting. But in terms of, of Sterling, if he were to go up to 145, if he were, what Arnold who Allen. would you like to see him fight? Mm. I had Arnold's name, Dan. Are you saying that just because you're an Arnold Allen fan and you'd like uh, Arnold to get a uh, big uh, kind of name? I, I or do you think that's a good stylistic, stylistic fight? fight think, you know, or... the, the striking, I think Arnold probably hits a lot harder. Um, uh, but I think if it goes to the ground, I think it would be a really good good wrestling match. Um, I, I do think Aljo BJJ is better. Um, and, and I think it could just be, yeah. you know, we saw how well Arnold done against Max. And, uh, and I think it's a great name. I don't, you know, I don't know who else is in that division for Arnold that I'm in a rush to see him fight. Um, so, I'd like sorry, to see Sorry, fight. my bad. I'd like to bad. see Arnold Allen the, 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 versus Ortega. when we spoke about what's next for him and we put it on the socials, everybody come in uh, literally saying we'd like to see him fight Ortega. That, that, that is a great fight. I think it could potentially yeah, be a tougher fight than Aljo. Mm. What, Ortega? Yeah. Uh, 
Maybe, yeah. I think. Do you know what? I think Arnold Allen against anyone in that range, and I think welcoming a big name like Sterling up would be good as well. Mm. I just want to see Arnold Allen fight. I want to see him compete, get back in. I think he did well against Max. It just didn't quite work out. But I think if you're the UFC, you could mm. give Sterling to Max because it's two really big names. Max Holloway ain't getting a title shot anytime soon. They, the, the general consensus is that the UFC aren't the biggest fans of Sterling. They wouldn't want him being a champion again. So why not feed him to Max Holloway? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I don't know. But then the problem is if he beats Max, then you're like, yeah. oh, shit, now we have to give him a and, and if Max, shot. And if Max beats um, him, so what I does Max know. achieve? Yeah, but what's Max achieving by fighting Korean Zombie, by fighting Arnold Allen? He's just cashing his checks true, and keeping true, himself in that true. number one spot, isn't he? So, And welcoming a, a champion from the lower division up is, is probably fine for him. I think Max's the kind of guy that until Volk loses the belt, he's just like, line him up, I'll knock him down. And as soon as Volk's not the champion anymore, I'm in. And uh, I think that's the game Max is playing right now. Um, if he stays at 135 Sterling... I think they could be a bit harsh on him again because they, you know, that's just the way they are. They could give him Umar Nurmagomedov. And that could be something where if he, if he, he won't have much choice. I don't think Sterling's going to be the kind of guy that can yeah. say no very often. So I think they might feed him Umar Nurmagomedov because I think they want to give Umar a top, top guy to try and boost him. Uh, although now that Sean's the champ, yeah, maybe they I, don't I, want to do I, that. Maybe I, want to I, keep I Umar think that's very much as the case. back as possible. All right. Yeah, completely. Because the completely. money is with. Sean, well, let's move it? on to um to, to to the other uh title fight on the card, uh, and that was Yang versus uh Lemos. Um, uh, I mean, a total domination uh by uh Wei Li. Um, but I didn't find it particularly exciting. Um, it. it uh, first oh. round was amazing. The first round was absolutely brilliant. The first one, like, Zhang was, like, dominating, and then uh, Lamos, was, she was getting beat up. Then she locked in that Darce choke that was re- looked really tight. Anyway, Zhang got out of it, beat her up, and then I think, yeah, that, the first round I thought mm. was really exciting, was really, really good. And then it started to go sort of the way uh, I predicted. there we go. There, there, there's there's the actually, smugness. I think there was more actually than I anticipated. Was gonna oh, there's yeah. the smugness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, no, do you know what? I'm going to give Zhang more credit because I thought Zhang might just do a bit of a lay and pray. I did think she'd get a finish in maybe late in the fourth round, but uh, but I thought she might do a bit of lay and pray sounds harsh. I just thought she'd be minimally active in order to maintain position and make Lamos work and tire herself out. Credit to Lamos for her toughness and her cardio. Well done for her. She survived longer than I thought she would. But Zhang actually put more... Um, offensive strikes together than I thought she would. And I think it was only out of Lamos's toughness that uh, that, that fight saw the scorecards. Um, the, the strike differential was something crazy. I haven't got the, the figures in front of me, but I think Zhang put out like, say, 250 plus significant strikes and she got about 30 back. Like the strike, the gap in the strike was huge. Absolutely huge. Um, yeah, I think Zhang's just fast becoming one of Absolutely my favorite phenomenal. fighters. She's phenomenal. Even in the fight she lost against Rose, the second one, she was brilliant 100%. in that, and that could have been like a bit of a coin flip for the judges. Um, demolished Carla Esparza. Um, yeah, she's got great wins over Joanna, great wins over uh, Jessica Andrade. Um, yeah, phenomenal. I, yeah, I, I, I think she, as I say, 
fast becoming one of my favourite fighters, regardless of gender, on the whole roster. And she seems really nice as well. She seems like this really lovely person. So good on her. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and, And even when... In round four, I gave to Lamos. Round four, Zhang seemed to be on the feet a bit. And I was like, ah, oh, see, Lamos clearly has got you a little bit on the feet with the power and all that stuff. Uh, you've taken round four off. You're probably just going to go back to the takedown in, in round five. And what does she do? She comes out, strikes for a bit, lands a big right hand and sits her down, saying, I can do that too. So Zhang's just really good everywhere. Um, in terms of what's next for her, the UFC the fight, have mentioned you know. going to China. Well, that, they haven't explicitly said that, but they said they are interested in going to China and it would make all the sense in the world to make it Zhang Weili versus Yan Zhenan in China. I think that would be a huge thing. They're obviously there. They're in Singapore uh, this weekend for, for Max Holloway, uh, Korean Zombie. So I don't know whether they'll be going to Asia again anytime soon. I know, obviously... You know, there's lots of places in Asia to go to, but it's more, I don't know what the logistics of that are like to go over to it. They don't go to Asia often. Um, So I don't know what the logistics of that would be, but I think if they can get a card together for anywhere in Asia, really, but specifically if they can do it in China, then I think that would be huge business for the UFC to have Zhang Weili versus Yan Zhonan fighting on that card for the belt. I think that would be massive. Um, and Yan Jonan deserves the shot. So, yeah, I, I, I think that's the fight to make. Obviously, Tatiana Suarez is caught sort of um, really putting a mark on the, the, the strawweight division since she coming was, back from injury. Great win over Andrade recently. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. She is Yeah, she's there or thereabouts. I think she, uh, and she is a Dangerous fighter, and that her wrestling is so big. I if if she fought, yeah, if she fought, if she fought against Zhang, mm. God, that would be an interesting fight. And I think Zhang would have to really do her best to keep that one on the feet. Uh, that would be interesting. But there's there, there's contenders at strawweight. But I I think Zhang versus Zhang is the fight I'd like to see next. And I think it makes sense for it to happen in Asia and ideally in China for the, the UFC's business. So we'll wait and see what goes on that. But then Zhang also has mentioned going up to 125. Um, would you, would you favor Zhang against whoever wins out of Valentina and Grasso when they rematch? I think the Grasso fight's very winnable. I, I, I think she could. I mean, I'm just, yeah. I've just pulled up the, the flyaway rankings. I wonder if Valentina might be, Winnable as well. I, look, I love Valentina. I think she's phenomenal. I just, I don't know. Zhang is just, that would be a great, I, do you know what? I would love that. If I could map out Zhang's trajectory, I'd say fight Zhao Nan in China, win that one, because I think you'd be favoured and you should win that maybe. Then if Valentina beat Grasso in the rematch, Valentina versus Zhang, 
also keeping her away from Suarez, I think is a good idea for a little while. I, uh, if I was in Zhang's corner, I'd be like, yeah, let's avoid Suarez for a I little think, bit. I think you're let's, right. Let's mate. Stick um, that. Um, that would be great. Move up to 125. Take on, taking on Valentina as well. That would be like because I think Zhang at the moment is the pound 100%, for pound 100%. female fighter on the planet. Yeah, 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 yeah. So no, but I, I'm saying she officially is, yeah. in the rankings, I've not got it in front of me, but I think she is officially the pound for pound uh, best female fighter on the planet. Valentina for a while was that, and in terms of historically, has been at that level longer than Zhang. I would say. Um, so seeing those two fight each other I think would be a really phenomenal fight I would love to watch that I think the build up to that could be obviously very very respectful it wouldn't be any trash talk or anything like that but I'd just be fascinated by it these two kind of oh. female warriors just, just going for it the ones Wim- that have had like Women's belts and legacy and all moment. that kind of stuff uh, number one is Alexa Grasso uh, then Shevchenko then really? Zhang oh th- mm, that odd, is interesting yeah very well, do you know what? Maybe, yeah. Right. I don't know. Well, I suppose Valentina was, and then Grasso beat her, so she has to be the number one now. Yes, if that's she? how it works, then that would make sense because anyone else would look at female MMA and never question that that Shanks are, you know, she's the baddest person on the planet in in, in female MMA. Are we getting too hyped up because we love Zhang? Like, did she beat Esparza before that? Uh, probably beat Joanna, but Joanna coming back from a bit of a layoff. I don't know. Maybe we're getting we we got the recency bias and the rose tinted glasses on when it comes to Zhang. But I think, I think Zhang Rogan is the best female fighter as well in the octagon post fight. Anyway, did. Yeah, shall we move did. on to the fight because we're, we're anyway. forty five minutes in and we've only spoke about two fights and uh, and this is the fight that I know it, it, it is. I think and, that's a sign uh, of a good card, and, and I think. You know, looking down through the rest of the card um, after this next fight, I don't think there was huge fireworks on on on, uh, on the rest of the card. However, uh, two-time former guests of the show, uh, Ian Gary versus Neil Magny, um, interesting to see all that the, the the back and forth in the lead up to this. Um, Ian Gary, you know, making a comment yeah. about Neil Magny, who I think maybe flippantly sort of said something that about, about the kind of whip up, you know, he, the, he's had an ass whipping and it's like, he was saying like, as a dad, I'm used to giving Gary an ass like, whipping, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and I think Ian Gary then sort of said, well, his yeah. son's three years old. And, uh, and, and, and I think he was just uh, then cuts to, to Ian picking up his baby and saying, well, I'd never hurt you. And do you want daddy to kick his ass? And, and, and so I don't know if, if he and and he carried that narrative on at the press conferences at everything, and he yeah. was really doubling down on the whole Magni's a scumbag. And, and I don't, his kid you know, thing. my experience um, of, and, and I'm I'm just on as a fan looking in on Neil Magni. I've always seen him to be quite a good sports person, uh, and 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 always come across like a really nice guy. So I don't know how much of that. Uh, Mm -hmm. is there any truth in that but I think Ian Gary wanted to grab that narrative and fuel himself with it because we've never seen Ian Gary show any kind of animosity towards fighters he's always been super friendly in like face-offs and uh, and but for some reason this one seemed to get under his skin Um, holy shit 
you know, let, let's make sure that Ian Gary falls out of every fighter now because what we saw in that fight was an absolute perfect display of mixed martial arts from Ian Gary. He absolutely dismantled and broke Neil Magny. Neil Magny had no answers to anything. And I, I think... No. I mean, I, he did you know come what? in on you know a week's what? notice, but that you know was, no one and does that to Neil I, I Magny anyway. I made a note anyway, to like... say that it's, it, it is easy for me to get overexcited because I'm a huge Ian Gary fan, but it is important that we do give that some yeah. some some attention. The fact that obviously he was meant to fight Jeff Neil, um, and he took that fight on a week's notice. But Neil Magny's cardio is never to be questioned. And he and, and I think um that they, no. they mentioned that on the oh. And his cardio wasn't compromised during the fight. As they said in the commentary, it's not that he's tired, he's just getting beaten up. Those I mean, I don't know. It was like the yeah. first leg kick just took him off his feet. You like does Ian just kick that hard, or they were mentioning Magni's small calves, and I did look down at my well, own legs we, and go, "Oh, I wouldn't we, want to we, take we a kick." See Gary out in tiny training in the lead up to this as well, and so you know we, we, we saw some fantastic mm-hmm. leg kicks, and and you know if you're training at the you know highest level of Muay Thai, mm-hmm. you're going to be kicking people's legs from underneath them, and, and and we saw that, and we saw the pain that Magny was in and, you know, his legs were compromised and obviously he's oh. tough as old boots and, you know, he, he was trying to get through it. But the point, I think yeah. it was even in the in the last round when um, he kicked him down and he was just literally screaming at him, get up, get up. And like, and because obviously Magny wanted him to, you know, come into the ground. And that, knowing you think it was never going to happen. Yeah, and yeah, the fact that the Ian Gary yeah. was then sort of like sort of shouting at the ref, get him up, get him up. Like and and then I think in that last round, the leg kicks were were, were phenomenal, and he he then just done a a teep to the face, and I just thought as he's standing up, like it was, and then obviously then Ian Gary striking, yeah, it's pretty perfect. And again, I don't want to get overly excited and 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 get over the top about how good Ian Gary looked, but he fucking did. He looked incredible. Now, there's other people in that. There's other people in that division. We're seeing that. Go on, carry on. Uh, he's not going to be able to do that too. But at this point in his career, thirteen and zero, he mentioned it. We've all mentioned it. Magny's the gatekeeper. He absolutely destroyed him. Um, yeah, and no. people don't do that to Neil Magny often. Like so. Yeah, so I think there's a lot to be... You, we have to give Ian all the credit in the world. And what I think we're seeing is every time he steps into the cage, we're seeing improvements. Um, you know, he got dropped by, uh, was it Keenan Song, a little while ago. And since then, he's been defensively sound. I mean, we didn't see much of the Rodriguez fight because he nailed him with that head kick so quickly. Uh, and then in this fight, I think I, think I might have even said this in the pre-show, I almost want Ian Gary to be taken longer because had he just knocked out Neil Magny in the first three minutes of the fight, we'd go, oh, good for him. Yeah, we know his striking's good. Neil Magny did come in on a week's notice. We haven't necessarily learned much. But I think because this went the full 15 minutes, we've now learned Ian's cardio is absolutely fine with the 15-minute stuff. He can 
maintain a game plan, be in, incredibly patient and intelligent with his game plan as well. Pick, realize what the weak spot is early and just go for it and go for it and go for it and go for it and win the fight quite ruthlessly and methodically. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a lot to take away from this performance in a positive way. Um, yeah, I mean, what was it, like 30-24 yeah, yeah, yeah. on one of the scorecards? It's like three, ten, eight rounds. That is crazy. You don't do that to Neil Magny. Ian Gary is special. He mentioned that there are some young crop of fighters coming through. He mentioned Shavkat and um, uh, maybe Jack Della Maddalena. Um, but I think that, um, yeah, oh, I, 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 t- I think Ian is in a better place than Jack. I think Shavkat, oh, that would be some fight. I don't know. I'd, I'd, let's let's I'd not make that happen for anytime that soon. Fight, There's two, fight two fighters made, on tears. No, let's, let, keep, like, let's, let's not, save let's not that. go early on that one. Yeah. No one needs to see that just yeah. yet. Well, but before we get on what's next for Ian, there is a section of, of stuff that I've heard where people are like, should Ian be slightly criticised for... Um, not finishing Neil Magny because he was effectively fighting a one-legged man for maybe six minutes, seven minutes. Um, should there be any no. criticism of him not getting no, a I finish? Think so. Like um, it's Neil Magny, you know, he, he's fighting Neil Magny. This is, you know, this is not, and, uh, and and you could see that he switched stances, Magny, a few times, but he looks so uncomfortable fighting uh, like that, and. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I think part of me, I, I think Ian Gary was quite enjoying beating him up, and 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 <laughs> and yeah, you know. And don't get me wrong; you could see he was trying to finish him right at the end when he threw that front teeth to the face and then started unloading. And then I think it then went to the ground, which I think probably yeah. was a saving was a saving grace for yeah, Magny. Like thirty um, seconds to go. I think he if it would have stayed the on the feet, him, yeah. perhaps in them last thirty seconds. You know, Gary was really teeing off. Maybe he would have um, finished him, but yeah, I, 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 you, you, you've got to really not like Ian Gary to criticise that performance because I, I, I think that was pretty perfect. And uh, yeah. he, you know, what's this? He's fifth, fourth, or fifth fight in the UFC. Fourth, maybe. Like, I, think I mean, it's his come fifth, on, like, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think it's his fifth. The, the, the boy is doing well, and he's creating star star quality as well yeah. and and obviously it's great you know that boston's a great place for him to fight you know it, it, it made so much sense for him to be on that card yeah um he's talking about fighting in dublin you know he wants to do it you know they're, they're talking about the anniversary of the Connor fight. you know should we do you know do we make that happen um i think he, you'll well, fight he once that, before the end of the year I think he'll fight December or, or like and they wanted they wanted to go to New York um, in November. And I'm, and I'm, That's what they want. Well, apparently Dana said Wonder Boys turned the fight down already. Well, I mean, f- fair play. Yeah. I mean, what what's so, there for Wonder Boy to to get from? I mean, where, where's Ian Gary going to be ranked today? Do you reckon? Maybe we're recording this on a Monday, by the way. Well, he'll be ranked. Well, Magny's mm. eleven, so he could be ranked eleven. Uh, I don't necessarily think he should leapfrog Vincente Luque, who is 10th, because Luque just had a win as well against RDA. So it's not fair for Luque to be punished necessarily. 
So I think maybe he should be ranked 11, but they might give him favour because he's so popular, because he's going to bring in a much bigger kind of audience than Vincente Luque. They might bump Luque down one and put yeah, they're, uh, they're, Ian at top 10 just so that he, yet, he can say he's a, a top 10 fighter. Uh, mm. No, they, they usually do them on Tuesdays, I believe. Um, so, yeah, so... Thompson, I think Thompson was talking about maybe getting the Kamaru Usman fight, which is a fight that they both wanted to fight each other for a while in a respectful way. There's never been any animosity there, I don't think. But I think Usman likes that fight. I think Thompson likes that fight. But the UFC maybe will just go, no, we're good. We don't want to do that fight. You've got to fight someone else behind you, maybe. I don't know. But the other thing is, just because Dana says that Thompson has said no, doesn't mean. Thompson said no. Dana says a lot of stuff where he's trying to manipulate fighters into doing what he wants them to do. And it may very well be that they phoned up Thompson and said, New York, you know, in November, uh, MSG, uh, you versus Ian Gary. And Thompson might have just gone, "Um, I've got a hand injury. I don't know when I'll be ready. Uh, Let me get back to you on that. And Dana's come out and said, oh, he's turned the fight down. That, I do believe those types of conversations can happen. Uh, or he's just said, I won't be ready for New York. And Dana's like, no, Ian has to fight on the New York card. We've got a blueprint for this. Uh, and, and so he's fighting in the New York, on the New York card. Right. So he just says that Thompson's turned it down. And we may very well see an Instagram post, a tweet, or Thompson going on an interview soon saying, that's not what happened. Didn't turn it down. Just said I wouldn't be fit for New York. And or he doesn't want to fight in New York because New York also has a problem with the taxes. They really they do extra taxes or something like that. So a lot of fighters do get a bit annoyed about fighting in New York sometimes because it feels like they're paying extra tax. Even Ian Gary mentioned that that he would rather fight in Vegas because he wants to avoid the taxes. But ultimately, I think he'll go wherever they want him to go and be. He'll be a company man. Does the Jeff Neal fight fight still ever happen, or is that ship sailed now? I don't know. Still ranked eight. Well, uh, Ian, Gary seem, Ian Gary seems to think that he beat Jeff Neal already because um, I don't know whether this was a good thing to do or not, but he started selling T-shirts with Jeff Neal's mugshot on them because Jeff Neal must have been in trouble it, it, with the police years ago for whatever reason. It is interesting to see uh, how the fans responded because we did see a different Ian Gary. We did see like a, a far more... Yeah outspoken and louder and slightly more brash. And I think, you know, you, you, you read the comments and, and we're, we're fans of Ian Gary. He was so supportive to the podcast when we, when we launched and, you know, but, you know, as fans watching it, you have to look at what other fans are seeing. And, and when you read the comments, there's lots of, Oh God, like it's just Connor Mark too. And like, and, and it's impossible for there not to be comparisons because mm-hmm. brash, like confident, you know, Irish fighters that are on absolute highlight real finishes at the moment and, you know, um, um, absolute schoolings of like, you know, what he's just done with Magni. It's impossible not to see the correlation between the two fighters. I thought, I see yep. a little confused with the Magni thing. Like, I, I, it just felt like I said at the beginning, he needed some sort of narrative and, and, and I think he, like I said, I don't really know what, what, what levels there are to what Magni said, you know, whether it was just a flippant comment and, you know, because he... 
I think it was probably a flippant comment, but again, oh, no. you can't say that stuff. That is, Ian's sort of right. Like you, you can't say something like that. And then the, the, the thing is, MMA is a sport where people seem to be able to say and do a lot of awful things mm-hmm. and just sort of get, well, no one cares. Dana White comes out and says, this is the fight business. I don't care that Colby Covington has said this or that Connor's said that or whatever. It's just a fight business. People say stuff, get over it. That is the attitude. And Ian Gary, maybe being of a longer, younger generation or, or whatever it is, yeah. is saying, no, I'm, I'm not going to let someone just come out with something like that and, and that be it. And, and I think what it means now is that fighters possibly will have to be a little bit more careful if they're going up against Ian Gary with what they say. Because if they say something that they thought, oh, well, everyone says stuff like this, it's not a problem. Ian will bring it up and he will drag it out and he will make a thing of it. Now, I've seen on Ian Gary's socials that because MMA Twitter can be the way that it is, it can be, I think, very anti a lot of the kind of good social movements that we've had over the years. Um, He is getting a bit of hate. And I think there's I think Ian, as much as he's gained a lot of fans, has also gained a lot of people that. Yeah. want to see him lose now. I think there's a lot of people... This is, this that, is O'Malley. You know, but this, this is, is Conor McGregor. For, for fighters, if you've got people having... Yeah, people have an emotional reaction to you, whether it's good or bad, it means money. They'll either pay to see you win or they'll pay to see you get knocked out, whatever it might be. And Ian is now cultivating that. There is a section of fans that are really into what Ian's doing, and then there's another section of fans that are disliking all this kind of stuff and, and they didn't like the mugshot and they don't like the, the fact that he, in their opinion, has taken what Neil said purposefully out of context in order to run with some kind of narrative. Um, we'll have to see how, how it goes and how it ends up. But I think in terms of from a business standpoint, Ian oh. is ticking all the boxes. And I think the UFC are seeing that and they are going, yep, we are going to give you the push. And I think he'll fight once more this year. They want it to be in New York. Maybe that will happen. And then they might see him headline in Dublin in July of next year. That seems to be, I think what the blueprint will be for this. And if he doesn't fight wonder boy in New York, which I think would be the best fight, then maybe Jeff Neal was there or maybe Sean Brady. Well, this is interesting. The, the name that you just mentioned the there, right? But, so, and you talking about people are talking about Ian Gary. Love him or hate him, people are talking about him. Who's talking about Sean Brady? Yeah. Who's who's talking about Jeff Neal? No. I mean, I'm not being funny. And I mean, who's really talking about Bilal Mohammed? Like, I know Bilal, he's literally ranked right up there at number three. But who's really excited? 100%. 100%. And should be getting a title shot. Let's beat no... Meritocracy, Bilal should I, be I a shot, not Colby Covington. Your casuals but... and the ones that are going to spend money on them pay-per-views are going to want to watch someone like Ian Gary fight and then get on that mic and start gobbing off and start playing up at press conferences. Then they're going to want watching. They're not talking about Bilal Mohammed, and they're certainly not talking about Sean Brady, Jeff Neal, Vincent Luque. I don't think these people are being spoken about the way that Ian Gary is. And I think he's wise enough to know that no. by playing up a little bit, and he's so good on his socials. He's constantly got that camera with him. He's playing up, but then the next thing, 
he's got his, his his beautiful little baby in his hand, and he's you know, and you, you can't help but just love the life that that him and Layla and that have got, you know, as as you know, that nomadic lifestyle that we spoke about in the in the pre-show, you know, just traveling all over the world as their family, yep. training everywhere. I, I I think it's a really cool little way he's playing it. And it's clearly paying off. But you can play it as much as you want and, and be great on the socials. You can talk it, but he's fucking walking it as well. And that's the thing. Like, I, I think he's yeah. definitely, you know, him and Shavkat are the most exciting fighters in that division at the moment that are on the trajectory. Well, look, yeah, I, I agree. I'd agree with that. Um, I've not got much to say about Blackshear and, and Bautista. I mean, Blackshear came on a seven, came in on seven days' notice after just having a fight. He won last week by a twister submission as well. Uh, then, yeah. then seven days later, fights again, replacing Cody Garbrandt. He got tired, but I think understandably so, given the circumstances of the fight. But Bautista looks good. He, he's on a five-fight win streak now. Possibly could get a ranked opponent next. But no, not no, really not really. Got to say um, about the fight, have to, you? To be honest, like I, I think I was a little bit disappointed in the fight that we're about to talk about um and then this didn't really help and then thankfully maybe that's what made the, the gary Magny fight even better mm. the fact that it followed a couple of pretty yep dull fights and and and, and i find it really hard because i'm a big fan of marlon uh Vera, um and i'm a fan of pedro munoz as well and and what we saw was you know it, it was a, a pretty okay fight but it just didn't really set the world on fire. And I think fans love Cheeto as well. And I think fans know that he starts slow um, and then comes into his own. And that's pretty much what happened. I thought Munoz took the first round. Um, but I don't think the car, the, 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 the judges saw it that way. I can't remember what the, the, the score is. They, they gave it 30-27 to, to Cheeto. I yeah. thought round one could have gone either way. Yeah. I thought round two could have sort of gone yeah. either way, but maybe I was leaning Munoz in round two. Uh, and then round three was the clearest round of them all, and he won. Yeah. He won round three clearly. Cheeto did so. I've I've got no problem with Cheeto walking away the winner of that fight, but I think thirty twenty seven. Not hundred percent sure of that, but I can understand it yeah. because I found round one and, and round and two not very, that very exciting. Close. It was like um, Munoz was 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 just pushing forward, pushing forward, throwing, throwing, throwing. It looked like Munoz didn't have the power to bother Vera. Uh, Vera seemed. To, I mean, and also Cheeto. No walked out of there unscathed and Cheeto's jab is he's, he's pretty special and and he started to kind of find his range in the second yeah. round and then by the third round he was making a bit of a mess of Munoz's nose and 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 he looked like he was really establishing that that sort of control of range and and of the fight but yeah. ultimately it wasn't that exciting. Um but then that's I guess two highly skilled fighters that didn't really want to rock and roll on the floor. They 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 wanted to keep it on the feet, and and it was just a, a yeah. high level striking match. But there weren't huge fireworks, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree. But it looks like he's getting a title shot next out of it, and I think the build up between Cheeto and yeah. Sugar Sean could actually be really fun, and I think that could be a fun build up to a fight. Um, it was lovely to see Weidman get back in the cage, but Jesus, it looks like he's fucked up his other leg now. Uh, Dana White in a press conference was saying he'd like to see Chris Weidman retire. Uh, do you concur uh, yeah, with El Presidente, was, Dana uh, White? It, it was really weird. I was I was watching interviews and I was watching the, the embeddeds, uh, and and I know obviously it's his camp, but you know they were all saying like you know he's looking 
absolutely terrifying. Um, he did not look terrifying uh, on 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 Saturday night. Um, the leg kicks, um, he had n- no answer for him, and and he was debilitated by the end of that fight. Um, mm. I don't. I mean, he's always going to have that on his record that he took that strap from Anderson Silva uh, in spectacular fashion. Um, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, I, I I I think he's he's set himself, you know, as as in in the history of UFC. I don't know what's left for him. Um, I, I don't think that he's thirty nine years old. It looks like he's going to have to have surgery on the other leg now third, because of the beating he took you know, from Tavares. He, um, lost to Uriah Hall, uh, no. obviously with that horrific leg break. Um, but to be honest. The, the, the yeah. record before that was very checkered. You know, he's you know he's got that win over. Yeah, and it was a lot of knockouts as well. So like, I'm almost quite pleased that it was more his yeah. leg that took a battering than his than his head because he he suffered some bad knockouts in that run. I I think I'd like to see him hang him up. I think Weidman seems like a great character. He seems like a really nice guy. Um, he's achieved a hell of a lot. I think this is this is it now and. Uh, I think that's okay. Um, Rodriguez versus uh, Tolinian. Uh, some horrific ground and pound elbows that knocked Tolinian out. I think he might have already been knocked out before the second one was landed there. So Greg Rodriguez with the win. Then you had the ultimate fighter stuff. Uh, Holobar versus Hubbard. Uh, he, uh, Kurt Holobar became the uh, lightweight ultimate fighter winner by triangle choke. But then we had shades of Bonner Griffin. Did you watch the yeah. prelims? Did you watch Katona so, versus Gibson? Yeah. C- C- that Katona was, was a quite a fight. divisive character, isn't he? And, uh, is he, what's the, what's the Katona's deal then? I don't know. A so, huge, other than he trains uh, at SBG. From the, I, I've, I I've not been a, an avid viewer of the ultimate fighter this series. I know, you know, we all, We'll meet I me checked out after about episode four, to be honest. He kind of sort of set himself aside from everybody in the house. I don't think people liked him. Um, he, he's got a very strange way about him, and uh, only from what you see in the edit, you know. Uh, and mm. but uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was it was pretty pretty crazy fight. Um, enjoyed it. Um, I, I'd be interested to see what he does back in the UFC. Um. Yeah, I, 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 I haven't really got a lot more to say about that, to be honest, mate. What did you make of it? No, I just thought it was a fun fight. Congrats to to Brad Katona. I mean, it was one of those ones where what is what what I've heard is that both Katona and Gibson mm. will both be getting contracts, and I think that's the way to do it. You know, when you put on a fight like that in the final, the Ultimate Fighter, both these guys should be getting a contract. Congrats to both of them. They put on a great performance and Katona came out on top. Um, other than that, uh, Natalia Silva versus Andrea Lee kind of went away that I thought it would. I kind of thought Silva might finish her actually, but Silva's got that great Taekwondo style. She's very, very fast, good striker. Uh, and Andrea Lee didn't have too many answers for her. It was a 30-27 performance. Silva will be ranked in the flyweight division. Uh, she'll be like 13th or 14th in the uh, women's flyweight division. So uh, congrats to her. 
there was a couple of other fights on the card, but I don't know that there's anything that anyone really No, not at all. I, I think there, there was too much too exciting stuff um, uh, to, to, to cover on this show. And like I say, we, we, we're over the hours, Mark, now. So, uh, yeah, I don't think anybody's desperate to to talk about this, you know, that uh, Petrovsky's decision went over Mia Shah. I thought that was pretty, pretty average at best. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there was a few other fights in there. And, you know, I think maybe we... Uh, we, we just sign off talking about the fact that we've got a very exciting new champ now and uh, it looks like the melt, you know, is going to uh, probably be the face of the UFC now for uh, for a while um, because he's, you know, he's, he's got some star quality, that boy. Well, absolutely. And uh, one of the other things we haven't mentioned and we'll do it just very, very briefly is uh, we are partnered with, with Gamcare. If you are someone struggling with... Uh, gambling addictions or if you're a friend or a family member of someone struggling with uh, uh, gambling then uh, please check out Gamcare um, yes. Stu could you pull up the number on the website please uh, Gamcare can offer you uh, free counselling sessions whether you are the friend or family member of uh, someone that's struggling or whether you are struggling yourself they have a 24-7 helpline and if you feel nervous about talking to anyone if you feel nervous about talking on the phone someone they have one of those like instant messaging little boxes that you can talk someone on as well so gamcare do some really phenomenal work with people that are struggling with gambling Stu, absolutely so if you're on the, the tinder web players? uh it is gamcare.org.uk and as blake said you get your little pop-up as soon as you come on there that just says talk to someone so you can do that uh, completely anonymously um and to stress it again it's totally free to service um and if you want to call them it's 0808 8020133. That's 0808820133. It's uk. Well, some people are watching this Love on the YouTube. Of the phone there. That was, if you've watched this on YouTube and you're still watching, they've probably switched off now, to be fair. But uh, they uh, they got a very wonderful moment of Stu miming a telephone. And lastly, and lastly, um, that number out. Uh, um, big love to George Hardwick, who uh, come up a little bit short uh, in uh, in the Dana White's Contender Series this week. And uh, looking forward to see what uh, what comes uh, next for George. Um, obviously, he's an absolute beast and. Uh, and just had a bit of a tough night in the office. And uh, so looking forward to seeing him uh, back defending his belt in Cage Warriors uh, soon. And also, uh, we've just dropped an episode with uh, the Welsh gangster, Oban Elliott. That's out now. And we spoke to Oban ahead of his fight this week uh, in Dana White's Contender Series. So go watch the wonderful Oban um, have, his, uh, have his shot to get in the UFC uh, this week on Dana White's Contender Series. Yes, and on that note, I believe I was an idiot and was constantly saying that his fight's on the 28th of August, maybe, during our episode. It's not. It's, well, if we get this out today, it'll be tomorrow. It's Tuesday the 22nd, not the 28th. So if you listen to me stupidly say the 28th, it's not. Mm. It's the 22nd. So we're recording this on Monday. So as of right now, it's going to be out tomorrow. But if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it's tonight. Oban Elliott, the Welsh gangster, fighting Kike Brito for his chance to achieve his UFC dream. Uh, so, yeah, please support the Welsh gangster. Fingers crossed he can get it done. Uh, and, yeah, obviously, commiserations to George Hardwick, who I'm sure will be back very, very soon, smashing people in the liver and finding his way back to the UFC if that's what he wants to do. And... 
uh, we've also got a phenomenal episode that we've been talking about for a while. It will be out soon. It was recorded in person. The camera quality is phenomenal. It's going to be great. Bruce Buffer, the iconic voice of the Octagon, is on the show. Um, yeah, if you haven't checked out our YouTube yet, that is one to check out uh, Check out on YouTube. It will look great. It's all edited and everything. Um, yeah, I think uh, that is a good one to check out on YouTube. Yeah, you do you know what, mate? Yet, Why don't you exactly stop talking when about it come out? Uh, on behalf of week. the MMA fan podcast, I really want to apologise for uh, him saying it was the 28th and not the 22nd. Honestly, have a word with yourself, like Absolute idiot, mate. 